Sunday, he is risen. Matthew 28, 1-15 Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. That would mean that they fainted. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. And he came and he said, Come and see the place where he lay. Then quickly go and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. Thank you for listening to the Calhoun Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor Mark Abney. Today we're excited to share with you Pastor Mark's Easter sermon titled, He is Risen. Based on Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 9, this powerful message reflects on the profound significance of Jesus' resurrection and its impact on our lives today. Through Pastor Mark's inspiring words, you'll discover the hope and new life that Easter brings, a time to celebrate the ultimate victory over death and darkness. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be uplifted and inspired by this incredible message of hope and renewal. We're thrilled to share it with you. And now, Brother Mark. Turn in your Bibles. I trust that you have your word with you to Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. We'll be reading the first nine verses of that chapter. Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 9. Would you uh, stand with me as we read God's Word? But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened, they bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day and on the third day rise. And remembering his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. And Lord, it always works. It never returns void. Lord, we pray that this morning it would do a work in us. Lord, we pray this morning that it would do a work in those that are hearing your word. Lord, we pray this morning that your word would go into the deepest, darkest valleys and bring light. For you are light. You are the light of the world. And Lord, because you have risen from the grave, 
and are seated at the right hand of God the Father, you have sent your Spirit to live in us and empowered us to do your work. So Lord, we pray this morning that we would do that very thing and that your work would bring those who have never heard to salvation, that they too may have the light within them. And all these things we pray in Christ's name and for Jesus' sake. Amen. You may be seated. Last week we followed Jesus as he rode a colt into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And he wept over the lost condition of the people. We followed him to the temple where he turned over the money changers' tables and rebuked the scribes and Pharisees. We followed him to Mount Olivet where he delivered the sermon on the end times, the Olivet Discourse. And then we followed him to the garden to pray where Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus with a kiss. And there we left. And we said we'd pick up on Friday today. So today is Good Friday. Or we'll start with the message of Good Friday. Today is Resurrection Sunday. And on Good Friday, the religious leaders condemned Jesus. Matthew 27, 1 and 2, it says, When the morning came, and all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And in Mark 15, 1, it says, And as soon as it was morning, the chief priest held consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council. That would be the Sanhedrin. At 6 a.m., Jesus stands trial before Pilate. Luke's Gospel 23, 1-5. Then the whole company of them arose and brought him before Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And Pilate asked him, Are you king of the Jews? And he answered him, saying, You have said so. Then Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no guilt in this man. But they were urgent, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching them throughout all Judea, from Galilee even to this place. So they was trumping up charges against Jesus that were false. And um, they continued to tell Pilate that he was causing trouble. At 7 a.m., Jesus was sent to Herod. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean, and when he learned that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him over to Herod, who himself was in Jerusalem at the time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was glad, for he had long desired to see him because he had heard about him and he was hoping to see some sign that Jesus could do. So he questioned him at length, but Jesus made no answer. Jesus was returned to Pilate. The chief priests and the scribes stood by vehemently accusing him, and Herod with his soldiers treating him with contempt mocked him. Then arraying him in splendid clothing, he sent him back to Pilate. And Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that very day, for they, for, for before this day they had, em, had enmity against one another. 
Jesus is sentenced to death. Luke 23, 13. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was misleading the people. And after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving of death has been done by him. I therefore will punish and release him. But they all cried out together, Away with this man. Release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown in prison for an insurrection, started in the city for a murder, started in the city and for murder. Pilate accused them once more desiring to release Jesus, but kept shouting, Crucify him, crucify him. A third time he said to them, Why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt deserving of death. I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate, deciding that their demand should be granted, he released the man who had been thrown in prison for insurrection and murder, for whom they asked, but he delivered Jesus over to their will. At 8 a.m., Jesus is led away to Calvary. Luke 23, And as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene who was coming in from the country and laid on him the cross to carry behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when the wood is dry? At 9 a.m., the crucifixion takes place. In the third hour, Jesus is crucified on a cross. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when he came to the place that is called Golgotha, the skull, they, were, they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. At 10 a.m., the soldiers cast lot for Jesus' clothing. And they cast lots to divide his garments, and the people stood by watching, and the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. At 11 a.m., Jesus speaks with the criminals. One of the criminals who hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other one rebuked him, saying, Do not fear, since God, do not, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence and condemnation? And in, and we indeed justify, justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Here we see how faith always saves. You see, the man believed Jesus was who he said he was. And by that faith, Jesus said, you are going to be with me in paradise. Jesus speaks to Mary and John who were standing at the cross. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, woman, he is your son. And he said to his disciple, she is your mother. And from then on, the disciple took her into his home. It's now noon, the sixth, the sixth hour, and darkness covers the land. Mark 15, 33. In the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. At 1 p.m., Jesus cries out to the Father. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabbathatim. And that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In John 19, 28 and 29, Jesus knew that everything was now finished. To fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. And a jar of sour wine was sitting there, and they soaked a sponge in it and put it on a hyssop branch and held it up to his lips. At 2 p.m., it is finished. Luke 23, 46, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. Matthew 27, 51 and 53, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. And tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and come out of the tombs after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many. Many times this passage of scripture is not talked about, but can you imagine such a day when the saints came out of the graves and walked into, the, into Jerusalem and met with many people? Kind of crazy, isn't it? And 3 p.m. is the ninth hour. When the centurions saw what had taken place, he praised God saying, certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned to their homes beating their breast. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. When the centurion and those who were with him kept watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the Sanhedrin, the council, and a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action. And he was looking for the kingdom of God. The man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. He then took it down and wrapped it in linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever been laid. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. Saturday is the Sabbath, and on the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. 
Matthew 27, 62 through 66 says, The next day after the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate and said, Sir, they said, We remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, After three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he's been raised from the dead. The last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered, and go and make the tomb secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting on a seal on the stone and posting a guard. Jesus is silent. The disciples have scattered. I wonder what the disciples were thinking that day after all the events of Good Friday. Wonder how Peter's doing. He just denied Jesus three times and heard the rooster crow. The disciples didn't have any, didn't have the knowledge that we have today, so they didn't know what was going to happen on Sunday. All the disciples had was the hope that Jesus' words and promises were true and that he would indeed rise again on the third day. The tomb where Jesus laid was guarded by Roman soldiers throughout the day. The religious leaders were satisfied that Jesus had died a deserving death, but they knew that he had said he would come back from the dead, so they asked Pilate to secure the tomb. Pilate ordered the guard to be present at the tomb, and a large stone was rolled to close off the entrance, and it was sealed. It was to prevent anyone from stealing the body of Jesus. That would validate the miracle of which also validates the miracle of resurrection when Jesus rose from the grave. Sunday, he is risen. Matthew 28, 1 through 15. Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. That would mean that they fainted. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. And he came, and he said, Come and see the place where he lay. Then quickly go and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they dropped, so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them, saying, Greetings. And they came up to look, and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go into Galilee, and there they will see me. And while they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell the people that his disciples came by night and stole him while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's, Ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and they did as they was directed. And the story has been spread among the Jews even to this day.
This is what happened on Easter Sunday. Jesus is alive. He won the victory over sin and death. And it all took place during the Holy Week of Passover. See, the first Passover was a holy holiday commemorating an event in the Old Testament where God freed the people of their bondage. God told His people to sacrifice a lamb and put the blood over the doorpost of their homes where the death angel would pass over and see the blood and they would be saved from death and it, death would not come to their homes. And where there was no blood found on the doorpost, the firstborn would be killed. Here in the second Passover, God frees the people from their bondage of sin by the blood of the Lamb of God. Where in the first Passover, the blood was placed over the doorpost of the physical home. In the second Passover, the blood was placed over the spiritual door of your heart. The bondage of sin is death, but the gift of the blood of Jesus is eternal life. Every person who has accepted the blood of Jesus that was spilt out for them and has placed the blood over the doorpost of their heart have victory over sin and death and live eternally with God and Jesus and all the saints in heaven. When the death angel comes and it's judgment day, Every person who does not have the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of their hearts will be separated from God and Jesus and spend the rest of their days in eternal death in a place called hell. I cannot know whether you have the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of your heart or not. Only you know that. But I do know this to be true, that when you die or when Jesus returns, if you don't have the blood, you will be doomed to eternal death. My job and my commission is to tell you the truth. So I've done my part this morning and told you there are two places where every person will spend eternity. One is heaven and the other is hell. One is eternal life and the other is eternal death. One is glorious and the other is torments. Your choice is what will you do with the blood of Jesus Christ? If you'll take one step towards the Savior, my friend, you'll find His arms open wide. Receive Him and all your darkness will end within His heart. Within your heart He'll abide. I can't think of a better day to be saved than today. The day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The day that new life begins. That's what the egg is a symbol of at Easter. It symbolizes new life. Jesus wants you to have new life. He wants you to live with Him forever. That's why He died on the cross for you. He made a way for you to be reconciled and redeemed to God. He made a way for you to be made new. This morning, if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, you can pray this simple prayer with me with every head bowed and every eye closed. You ask Jesus to come into your heart by saying, Jesus, I believe that you're God's only son and that you went to the cross to die for me and I am a sinner. And I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. And I believe that 
You was raised from the dead and you're alive. And I want you to be Lord of my life. I give my life to you and everything I have to you. Give me eternal life and take me home forever to live with you. And if you prayed that simple prayer, the Holy Spirit has come to live in your heart. And you are now a child of the King. And you have the blood over the doorpost of your heart. And the death angel will pass over you. And you will have eternal life. As believers, many times we take the resurrection for granted. And we know Jesus is alive, but we don't always act like it. We don't always pray like it. We don't always tell others like that. Jesus wants us to tell them. So maybe we just need to, to get clean and come close and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And I want to do what you have called me to do and what you've commissioned me to do, and that's to tell others the glorious gospel of grace. The Easter story, how Jesus died for us and how you raised him from the grave and how he's forgiving sins and redeeming us to new life, life that lasts forever. You may be here this morning and you're not a member of any church, but you feel God is calling you to be a member here. You do that by coming forward during the invitation time and saying, I want to become a member of this church and do God's work here as he's called me. Whatever God is doing in your heart this morning, I pray that you wouldn't let this invitation time pass, but that you would take advantage of the voice that is calling you in your heart, that you would make your decision public and God will rejoice, Jesus will rejoice, the angels in heaven will rejoice, and we will rejoice in this church. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you have your will and your way in our heart during this invitation time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Be singing page. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast. Our prayer is that if you are touched by this message, that you will respond with action. If you would like to accept Christ as your Lord, we ask that you pray the following prayer. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I do not deserve eternal life, but I believe that you died and rose from the grave to make me a new creation and to prepare me to dwell in your presence forever. Jesus, come into my life, take control of my life, forgive my sins, and save me. I am now placing my trust in you alone for my salvation, and I accept your free gift of eternal life. If you prayed this prayer with us today, then you know that you are truly saved. And we'd love to hear from you so that we might connect in a meaningful way, encouraging you to be active in the local church, and share the same saving message of Jesus Christ. Please feel free to contact our pastor, visit our church, or find a Bible-believing local congregation near you. However you respond, please let us know. 